0: Thank you for listening to the City Lights podcast. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. We hope you enjoy the message. If you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Corinthians. We're going to be hanging out in verses 12, 13, and 14. And one more thing I want to say. I just want to say thank you to our uh, board of overseers, our deacons, um, for helping us craft these bylaws. And, you know, they serve this church and help us set budgets and things like that. Um, So Matt Tarka, Bill Klein, Rick Hood, thank you guys for serving on our board and all you do. Yeah, let's give them a hand. I don't know. Rick's here today. If Matt and Bill you are watching, thank you guys so much. All those guys serve um, without getting paid. It's a volunteer position. It's definitely a labor of love. So we appreciate you guys so much. Thank you for, for doing that. All right. We have been in a series called Revive. And today will be part three of this series. Uh, last week, I did a message called uh, titled Cultivating a Prophetic Culture. I pointed out the fact that uh, prophecy many times accompanies the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We want to be ready for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We want to be revival fit, as I've said in the first message of this series, okay? Many Christians are church fit, they're conference fit, but they're not revival fit. All right, so um, Acts chapter uh, 2, verses 17 through 18, it says this. In the last days, God says, "I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy." Okay. Notice prophecy is closely associated with the gift of the Holy Spirit. Okay. Since this gift is so closely say uh, this gift is so closely associated with an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, um, I feel like it was important to take even a a couple weeks and to preach on this. And actually, I'm going to do one more week. And During worship, I was sitting there texting myself. Do you ever text yourself? (laughs) It's kind of funny to do that, but I'm texting myself notes for next week because I'm thinking of things that I want to say. So (laughs) it's a good thing, see? Get in the presence of God and you get inspired. But last week, my goal was to do two things. To demystify and to de-spookify prophecy. Okay, it's not scary, it's not spooky, but it is supernatural. The gift of prophecy is a supernatural gift, but it doesn't have to be spooky, and it doesn't have to be scary. Now, in the name of prophecy, a lot of people have done weird things. Okay, matter of fact, I I talked about some of the Moves of the Holy Spirit and revivals that have happened in the United States and around the world in history. And many times they do get strange and they do get weird. Now, um, not everything the Holy Spirit does is like agreeable to our whatever. Some things do are strange. I will, I will admit some things of the Spirit are strange. But s- sometimes these moves of the Spirit have gotten weird and gotten strange. We want to stay. We don't have to be weird, right? We want to be powerful. We want to be... Um, anointed, but we, we don't want to be weird. So the gift of prophecy is not weird. It's not spooky, but it is supernatural. And so I've been teaching on that. Um, 1 Corinthians 12, 31 says this, Eagerly desire the greater gifts, and yet I will show you the most excellent way. The, message, the title of our message today is called The Most Excellent Way, Part 3. Okay, today I'm going to talk about how to grow in the gift of prophecy. How many want to grow in this gift? I want to grow in this gift, how to grow in the gift of prophecy. And next week, I'm going to talk about some guardrails so we don't get weird, okay? Guardrails for prophecy. You don't weird people out and scare them, all right? We want this gift. We want the gifts of the Spirit. But there's definitely some biblical guidelines for this and some practical guidelines for this. So one thing uh, I want to recap from last week is that the foundations of New Testament prophecy Uh, prophetic ministry, is to strengthen, encourage, and to comfort. Okay, that's the foundation of New Testament prophecy. Strengthen, encouragement, and comfort. 1 Corinthians 14, 1 through 5 says this, Follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people, For their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. Okay. Uh, By the way, um, I love how um, Leslie, during the ministry time, kind of released us to minister to one another. And if you have a word for someone, um, go go give it to them. Pray over them. Most prophecy does not have to happen up here. Most prophetic ministry does not have to happen up here. Most prophetic ministry, I believe, happens in the body of Christ to the body of Christ. Okay. Not necessarily from from the stage. And so this is why we're teaching on it. This is what we want you guys to be. And part of our vision for this church and being lights in the city, City Lights Church, is that you guys are equipped and empowered to minister to people supernaturally. Supernaturally minister to people, okay? Um, and so it's, it's not... Um, and when you pray over someone, again, it doesn't have to be super weird. It's not like when the spirit of prophecy comes on you, your eyes roll back in your head, and you can't control yourself, and what was that? The oracle of the Lord, and now it's gone, you know? That's not what we're talking about, okay? (laughs) I can make it in the simplest, here's the simplest terms I can maybe put in. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. Okay, my sheep hear my voice. And we hear, oftentimes we hear his voice for ourselves. Oftentimes we hear his voice for other people, okay? That's probably the simplest way we can say this, is that he talks to us. God talks to us. He leads us. He guides us. It's not always an audible voice. In fact, I don't think I've ever heard an audible voice except for maybe in a dream, um, when it's God. But many times it's that impression on the heart, or it's a something you you see, or something you, you find yourself saying it. And um, we'll get into some more practical terms of how to um, receive a prophetic word later on. But um, anyway, so New Testament prophecy should be. Strengthening, encouraging, and comforting. Okay, strengthen to build up, encourage to stir up, and comfort to cheer up. Okay, I mentioned this last week. It's not really in my notes this week, but sometimes it is foretelling. Sometimes it is about the future, but most of the time it is foretelling. Okay, most of the time it is calling the gold out of people. It is declaring who they are, who God says they are. So sometimes it can be about the future, but usually it's about that person and who God says they are and, and their identity in Christ, okay? Uh, and I would say this guidance of strength and encourage comfort is, ex- is especially important for people who are growing in this gift. You don't want to maybe get into, like, dates, mates, and babies, major locations just yet, right? Get a little, get a little um, proven track record here. Get a few wins under your belt before you start sending people to Africa, Okay? All right? That's all I'm saying. Because if they get to Africa and they're not supposed to be there, that's not very good. Okay? (laughs) All right. Okay. And again, there are times where you might receive something that maybe is negative about that person, but it's now our responsibility to steward that word in such a way that will bring encouragement, comfort, um, and strength to that person. Um, Again, someone might say, what about correcting and rebuking? A lot of the Old Testament prophets were... Correcting and rebuking. Um, and I didn't have this scripture in my notes last week, but I did share this. In 2 Timothy 4, 1-2, uh, through 2, it says this. Uh, Paul says this to Timothy. In the presence of God and of Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his uh, kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. What do you do with it? You correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. So there is a place in Scripture for rebuking and correction. We all need correction sometimes, right? God is a good, loving Father who wants to correct us and guide us. And sometimes we have to correct each other, don't we? Right? We, we speak correction to one another. Even as a pastor, people speak correction to me at times, especially my wife. <laughs> She's the most corrective person I know. <laughs> but it is... Um, uh, it's in the preaching of the word that that correction and rebuking is supposed to come and 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 the written word. It's not really, the primary function of prophecy is not to correct and rebuke people. If God exposes a sin, which that does happen sometimes, he will give it to you, but you're supposed to deliver it in such a way that will bring hope and, and, and fa- cause that person to fall more in love with Jesus, not make them afraid and wanna like hide from God. Have you ever been in a service where like, You know, they bring in the prophet. This is a prophetic person. You're sitting on the front row, and you're like, oh, God, please don't. Please don't tell them about my old sin or whatever it was, you know. If they're a New Testament prophet, even if they do hear something like that, they would deliver it in such a way, if they felt like they should deliver it, that would strengthen you, encourage you, and bring comfort to you. Okay, but notice, even when preaching the word, he still says to encourage with great patience and careful instruction. So there's still love in the way we're supposed to deliver the written word. Okay, so I want to give you today, I want to give you five practical keys to growing in the prophetic. Okay, five uh, practical keys. Uh, point number one, I've kind of been speaking through this already, is that realize that prophecy runs parallel with building people up. Okay, um, if I said to Norm, Norm over here. Hey, Norm. Say hi, Norm, to everyone. Hi, Norm. If I said to Norm, Norm, that's a nice jacket, you know, that's not prophesying. I mean, the Lord could say, hey, give him compliments jacket. I don't know. But being an encouraging person isn't necessarily prophesying. But what I want to say about this is when you are, your aim is to strengthen, encourage, and build people up, you are running parallel with prophecy. And if you live your life as a person who is, wants to strengthen, encourage, and comfort people, all it takes is really the spirit of the Lord to come along and, and inspire your heart, and then you, jump, you can jump on prophecy very easy. This is a very practical step with learning how to grow in the prophetic. Let me give you an example of this. Um, uh, go ahead and put up that picture. Okay, you have two sets of train tracks here, and let's, say, let's call one of these train tracks prophecy, and the other one is being an encouraging person. Okay, you're not necessarily prophesying if you're being encouraging, but you're not far from it. And all it takes is the Spirit of the Lord to energize that and to inspire your heart. And so what is the opposite of this? Okay, if you really want to um, um, sabotage yourself with being a prophetic person, um, then gossip, slander, lying. If you're doing that, you're actually going in the opposite direction, the opposite vein of what New Testament prophecy is supposed to look like. And so um, oftentimes when we're teaching people how to hear from the Lord for someone else, um, we do encourage them. think, Ask God about that person. What is something, God, what is something you like about this person? What is something that would encourage this person? And and, and uh, you're, you're, you're getting close to the rhythm or close to the vein of prophecy, okay? So a very practical step is to realize that um Prophecy, uh, prophecy runs parallel with building people up, with strengthening and encouraging people, okay? So watch out for what we say. Jesus said this. Jesus said, if you're faithful with the little things, you'll be faithful with the greater things, right? And listen, if we can't be trusted with our words, how can we be trusted with his words? Amen? I want to be trusted with God's words. So I want. So first I have to be trusted with my words before I can be trusted with God's words. Amen? All right, so that's point number one. Point number two Follow the way of love. Remember, the gifts of the Spirit are supposed to be, all the gifts of the Spirit are supposed to be tapered with love. 1 Corinthians 12 through 14 talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But right in the middle, you guys know the love chapter. Happy Valentine's Day, by the way. Love chapter, right? Right in the middle of the gifts of the Spirit, um, Paul talks about love extensively about the importance of love. Um, if you look at the... So, you know, a lot of people take um, 1 Corinthians 13 and they put it on a refrigerator magnet or it's on their house or whatever. But contextually speaking, this is in the middle of the gifts of the Spirit. That's the context for the whole love chapter is, hey, when you are in the gifts of Spirit, do this in this way. Do this in a way that is in love, okay? Okay. So let's read a little bit of this. Um, 1 Corinthians 12, we'll start in verse 31. Now eagerly desire the greater gifts, and yet I will show you the most excellent way. Are you guys ready for the most excellent way? All right. Uh, Chapter 13. If I speak in tongues of men or of angels, but I do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Okay, resounding gong. Gong, 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 That's annoying. All right. But what I want you to notice is, he's not saying the person isn't flowing in the gift of the Spirit. Like, they're actually accurate, and they're actually in the, they're in the Spirit. But you can be completely um, flowing in the gift of the Spirit and still be totally annoying. Okay? Um, generally flowing in the gift of the Spirit, and you could still be totally obnoxious, is what Paul's saying here. Okay, so here's my point. Don't think for a moment you're succeeding just because you're flowing in the Spirit. We need to have... It needs to be tapered and delivered with love, okay? He says this, verse uh, two, "'If I have the gift of prophecy "'and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, "'and if I have faith that can move mountains, "'but do not have love, I am nothing. "'If I give all I possess to the poor "'and give my body over to hardship that I may boast, "'but do not have love, I gain nothing. "'Love is patient, love is kind. "'It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. "'It does not dishonor others.'" It is not self seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love uh, does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. Love never fails, okay? So, when prophecy is done correctly, and all the gifts of the Spirit for that matter, when the gifts of the Spirit are done correctly, it'll look like this Here's, here's prophecy done correctly. Prophecy is patient, prophecy is kind. Prophecy does not envy. Prophecy is not boastful. It is not prideful. It does not dishonor others. Prophecy is not self-seeking. There's one for some televangelists, right? <laughs> Sell on their holy waters and things like that. Come on, guys. Prophecy should not be self-seeking. Um, it should not be easily angered. Prophecy should keep no record of wrongs, okay? If you're getting someone's... If the if Holy Spirit is showing you someone's stuff... Don't keep a record of it and don't tell other people. Like, friends, you have a friend telling you secrets about someone. Like, minister to them in love. Um, It does not not delight in evil but rejoice with the truth. Prophecy always protects, okay? The gifts of the Spirit are not meant to uncover people. It's meant to cover and protect people, okay? Prophecy always trusts. It always hopes. Whenever we deliver prophetic words, it needs to be with hope attached to it. Okay. You ever send an email and you forget to put the attachment in there? Okay, that's what a lot of people do with the gifts of the Spirit. They fire off the gift of the Spirit. No love attached to it, okay? Remember to attach hope with your ministry and attach love with your ministry, amen? Because then you're going to have to do a redo, all right? It always perseveres. Love never fails, okay? Here's my point. When your highest aim is to love people, you cannot miss. Amen? When your highest aim is to love people, you cannot miss. Listen, your prophetic revelation might be a little off. Your interpretation of it might be a little off. The application might be a little off. But love never fails. So when you're walking in love, you cannot miss. Okay? You can't miss if you're walking in love. Okay? Uh, it's like bowling with the bumpers up. You can't miss. Go ahead and put up that picture. Okay? When you got the bumpers up, you could be an infant in the gifts of the Spirit and the things of God, but you've got the bumpers up. Listen, you might not get a strike, but you're going to knock something down, right? Because that ball's going to, it might be one pin. Listen, in the gifts of the Spirit, you might not hit a strike every time, but if your goal is love, you got those bumpers of love up, you're going to knock something down and it's going to do something good. Amen? Okay, this is good preaching. Better, better than you think, Okay. <clears throat> okay, listen, we have no business ministering to people that we don't love. We have no business ministering to people that we don't love. And so, um, you know, occasionally as a, as a pastor, I find it so funny when people ask to preach to your church. It's yeah. like, there's no higher presumption I've ever seen than people <laughs> like, you gotta let me up there. I'm like, okay, have you <laughs> gone through what I've gone through to get up here? And by the way, you know, it's one thing if a staff member, like, you know, someone says, hey, I got a word, and maybe maybe this could be for the church. That's another thing. But when people who like, I don't know if you love my flock. I don't know if you love the congregation here. And in fact, I think you're just trying to like get some practice in or whatever. That doesn't mean you love the people you're ministering to. We only want to let people up here that love the church. Amen? Okay, we have no business ministering to people we don't love. And so um, we need to have the gifts of the Spirit tapered with love. If you do it in love, your revelation might be off, whatever might be off, but you're, you're going you're gonna to hit something good if you're doing it in love. Amen? Okay. Practical key number three. This one's good. Get around prophetic people. Get around prophetic people. Many times the anointing is not taught, but it's caught. Okay? I'm teaching, but many times it's not by teaching that you receive the anointing or, or a gift of the Spirit. It's by, it's by catching it, by being around people. Okay, um, this happened to uh, uh, King Saul in 1 Samuel chapter 10. I'll read this uh, to you guys. Um, As Saul turned to leave uh, Samuel, God changed Saul's heart and all these things were fulfilled that day. When he and his uh, servant arrived at Gibeah, a procession of prophets met him and the spirit of God came powerfully on him and he joined in their prophesying. When those who had formerly known him Uh, those who had formerly saw him prophesying with the prophets, they asked each other, what is this that has happened to the son of Kish? Is Saul also among the prophets? Verse 12, A man who lived there answered, And who is their father? And so it became a saying, Is Saul among the prophets? Okay, what happened? Saul got around these men, and the, the anointing, uh, the, the spirit of prophecy was flowing. It came upon him, and then he begins prophesying. Listen, this happens many times within the body of Christ. Um, for example, I learned to pray for people. I learned to give words of knowledge. I learned to prophesy in a small group setting. My wife and I have been in, in small groups, city groups, cell groups, whatever you want to call them, for like 20 years plus, 20 years plus. And I, that's how I learned to minister to people. That's actually how I learned how to pastor people. It wasn't, this is a, it's a pretty steep learning curve to just jump up here, right? But if you can actually learn how to pastor people and learn how to minister to people in those small group settings, and I remember just men that were older than me or, or, or women that were older than me in groups we're in, and this is the best way to do it. You put someone in the middle, and everyone lays hands on them, and they're going to pray for them. You want to minister to them. And everyone just starts praying. And all of a sudden, this person gets something for them, this person. And then pretty soon, you're like, boom, I got something, too. And you're bouncing off each other, and you're playing off each other. How many have been in this setting? Like, have been in that setting 1,000 times. And that's how I learned how to, like, you know, what? I'm getting this picture, and I think this is what it means. You know, and you, and you, you start with a word of knowledge, and then you pretty soon, you're just prophesying over that person. You're saying what God's declaring over that person. Okay? Okay. Uh, my point is, the anointing, many times in that setting, you're learning how to do it. It's caught, not necessarily taught. And so you can learn from people who are ahead of you and have done this um, before you. Um, a few years ago, I'm um, going to give a couple more examples. A few years ago, my wife and I were at a, um, another church, and this church was and is experiencing revival. And uh, at the end of the service, they did this... Um, thing called a joy tunnel, which we've done here before, where people come through and you just lay hands on them. It's kind of a fun way to pray for a lot of people. And um, our youngest daughter, Evie, she's like, I want to pray for healing for people. So she waits at the end of the tunnel and just starts asking people if they need healing. Do you need healing? Do you need healing? And she prayed over like 20 people plus people. And like, over half of them said they had, they had felt some type of improvement in their body when she had prayed for them, okay? It's not something she is normally operating in, but I think being in that environment and that expectation level of faith was increased during that time, and she started flowing and healing. People were getting healed as she's praying for them, okay? Get around prophetic people. Get whatever the, what is the gift that you want to flow in? Get around those people who have that gift, Okay. And the, the, the anointing of the Spirit that is on them will jump on you, and you'll begin to learn how to flow in it. It's a great way to do it. That same service, Emily, um, she had a, a clear picture for a woman about her business, like a clear picture. And she goes to the woman and says, hey, is this your business? This is what you're doing? And it was exactly what that woman, exactly what she, her business was and what she was doing. So um, in environments like this, I mean, even, even here at church, it's like, We prepare all week, and we pray all week, and we're getting ready for church. But we expect God to show up, and we expect the environment. You know, God inhabits the praises of his people. And there's certain things that he, um, because he wants his children interacting together, right? He wants, he he doesn't want the lone soldiers in Christ. And many times what he has for you, he'll give to me. What he has for me, he'll give to you and the person across the room from you. So it's in this corporate environment that many times those gifts are stirred up, and you learn to flow in them within the body of Christ. So that's a super practical way to um, learn how to flow in prophecy. Get around prophetic people. Go to, go to the prayer meeting. We have a prayer meeting here every, every other week um, on Tuesdays. Come to the prayer meeting and learn how to pray, learn how to prophesy, learn how to get a word of knowledge. Just be around those people. Um, we'll do that. Okay, that's point number three. Point number four is get the Bible inside of you. It's so much easier to flow in the prophetic if you know the language of the Spirit. Okay, this is the language of the Spirit. This book was inspired by the Holy Spirit. It's inspired by him, the Holy Spirit. Um, If you get the word inside of you, it it gives you a reference point for God to speak to you. Because he will never give a prophetic word that contradicts this book. Okay, he will never give a word that goes against this book. And it will always be in alignment with this word. And many times when you're ministering to someone, God will be highlighting this verse or that verse and this verse because he wants to speak the language of, of the Spirit is the written word. If you get this inside of you, it gives, God a, it gives you and God a reference point for him to speak to you, and it'll always confirm this word. Revelation 19.10 says this, For it is the spirit of prophecy that bears testimony to Jesus. Okay, This book is the testimony of Jesus. So the spirit of prophecy will always bear witness to this. And it's important to mention this too, but Greg, up during worship, he mentioned God healed his back, right? And, and he was declaring it over us. That's also the, the testimony of Jesus. That is Greg's testimony of Jesus, the testimony that Greg has of God's goodness, okay? But when he speaks it out, the testimony of Jesus um, is the spirit of prophecy. In other words, it says, when you say this is what God did in my life, it declares, like, that's what he can do in your life, too. Okay, so the written word and the testimony, the testimonies that we have, bear witness um, to God, and, and, um, and that is the spirit of prophecy, okay? So um, get in the word, share testimonies, get around people who have testimonies, because that is the spirit of prophecy, Um. All right, true prophecy will always bear witness to Jesus and never contradict the Bible. Amen. Okay, point number five. This is the last one. Try. <laughs> this one's deep, guys. This one's deep. <laughs> Write that down. Okay, I don't know else to say it. If you're not, you're not going to grow in a gift if you don't try. Okay, 2 Timothy 1. 6 through 7, Paul said this to Timothy, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us uh, timid, but, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Okay, fan into flame. The, the gifts of God, the Bible says that the gifts of God are without repentance. In other words, God doesn't give a gift and then take it from you. Okay, they're without repentance. However, the gifts of God can grow dormant, um, and we can get really rusty. Okay, so in order to um, be flowing in our guess we actually have to practice them, to be moving in them. And this is why Paul says to me, hey, fan into flame that spark, that gift of God which is in you, so that it can well up and become a fire. Amen? So um, they can become rusty or dormant. And uh, that's why Paul encourages Timothy to— um, and no- notice he connects timidity to fanning into flame. Right? If you're timid, you're not going to step out, you're not going to take a risk, and you're not going to be able to fan that gift into flame. But if you, if you rise up and are bold, you're going to take a risk, and that will fan that gift into flame. Can I get a witness up in here? Okay. All right. Will you fail? Probably. You're, you're, well, you probably, again, may it not be a strike, but if your goal is to step out in love, you never really do fail, do you? Okay. We will all make mistakes and stumble along the way. None of us are perfect at this. But as we allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us and use us, we can flow in these gifts. It will bring strength, edification, comfort to the body of Christ. We're going to fail, but we want to fail forward, right? We want to fail in that direction, not backwards. Amen? All right. I'll close with a story, and then we'll pray and get you guys out of here. Um, a few weeks ago, I was, uh, I was out running, as I often am. By the way, today was my... No, yesterday was the first treadmill run I've done all year. I was like, you know what? I'm not going out there. And it wasn't the cold. For me, it was like, I don't want to put all that stuff on. And then I have to do all this laundry afterwards. So, so I'm like, I'm going to go do the Yeah. Hey. Whoa. Hey, I help with the laundry. All right. Tell them I help with the laundry. It's the dishes that that she needs help with. All right. Counseling. We're having counseling up in here. This is passive aggressive uh, intervention here. Okay. So we're fine. We're good. <laughs> We're good. For those of you watching online, she said we're fine. Okay, we are fine. <clears throat> okay, so a few weeks ago, uh, I'm out. I'm out running, and when I'm running, I'm usually like, I don't want to be bothered, right? But I'm always kind of like, okay, God, if you want to speak to someone, use me. I, I do want to be like available for that. So this strange thing happened to me the, the or it didn't happen to me, but it happened when I was um out running a few weeks ago. I'm running over at Josephine Jones Park, which is right by highway thirty four and I see these two guys um, part of the park is like you know grass that's cut, and then the other part is like natural area, so the grass is growing, and it's like you know waist high and I see these two guys just out in the out in the natural area, just looking they're obviously looking for something. And I'm running by, and I you know, take my headphones out. I'm like, what are you guys looking for? And they're like, uh, we're looking for a tire. Because they were driving on the highway nearby. Their tire fell off and went into the park, and they couldn't find it anywhere. It like went like a, like a quarter mile from the car. And so they're looking. And I'm like, OK, well, while I'm running, I'll look for the tire, you know? And so I'm running around, and they're still looking for the tire. And I did a couple laps, and they still hadn't found it. And I felt the Lord speak to my heart, and he said, "He said, I want you to tell that guy that he's looking for a tire, but I'm looking for him. And, and then I felt like the Lord said, I felt like the Lord said, They've, by the way, the, the tire has been found. But go tell that guy, he's looking for the tire, but I'm looking for him. And he highlighted the scripture. Um, remember, I said, know the Bible. He highlighted this, uh, the parable of the lost coin. And so... <clears throat> which I end up paraphrasing to the guy came up to him and he's rolling it back to his car. And I was like, Hey, um, you know, this might sound kind of strange, but I feel like, um, the Lord spoke to my heart and I have a, a message that I'm supposed to give you. And he's like, okay. So he stops. And I said, felt like the Lord said, you're, you're out here looking for this tire, but God's actually looking for you. And I said, do you do you know, are you familiar with the parable of the lost coin? And he's like, oh, no, not really. I was like, well, it's a, it's a story in the Bible that Jesus told. And I kind I paraphrased it to him, but let me, let me just read it to you. It says this, Jesus said, Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, <coughs> sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there will be rejoicing in the presence of God uh, in the presence of angels of God over one sinner who repents. And so I kind of paraphrased that verse, that guy, and I just said, I just want you to know, um, God loves you. You're amazing. And he's He's looking for you. And he was just like, "Whoa!" He's like, that's crazy. He's like, I haven't prayed in a long time. He's like, but I was out here looking for my tire. And I actually started praying, asking God where the tire is. And so I said, well, here's what I feel like. I feel like God allowed this to happen, to interrupt your day that you would come out here so that a crazy guy like me could give you a message on behalf of God. God loves you. He's looking for you. He has a plan for your life, a plan, purpose, and destiny for your life. And, and I didn't feel like pushing it any further at that point. I just said, you know, God bless you. And I, I kept going. I didn't feel like it was, uh, you know, so many times we feel like we've got to close the deal. Like, now repeat after me. Lord Jesus, you know. <laughs> we don't always have to do that. Um, Follow the Lord. You know, if someone's ready to give their heart to Jesus right in there, awesome, go for it. I didn't feel like pushing it anymore at that point. But listen, I say that to say, it's just one of my stories. I said to say, be cognizant of what the Holy Spirit is doing everywhere you go. At work, at home, with your friends, your family. Allow the Holy Spirit to highlight people to you. And, and you know, that tire was a prophetic picture of what God was wa- wanting to do in that person's life or was doing in that person's life. It was a prophetic picture you're looking for this tire. God's looking for you, Amen. So that'd be a cool message to get, right? God, God's looking for you. God, God, you're on God's heart. He's trying to find you. So I think he felt encouraged and comforted and built up. So amen. Let's stand to our feet. I'm going to pray. And, uh, and then Emily will close here. Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you for today. Thank you for everyone here in this room, everyone watching online. We thank you. You are the God of miracles. I hear the God who gives gifts to his children. And so, Lord, today we ask just um, that you would release gifts onto this body. Lord, stir up the gift of God within us. Fan it into flame, we ask. We love you, and I just, I just declare you are city lights. You're the lights of the city. Go out and shine light everywhere you go. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for tuning into the City Lights podcast. We appreciate your support, and we'd love to fellowship with you. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. Be sure to check out our website at citylights.church, where you can submit prayer requests, receive info on special events, and find our social media links. We're glad you could join us, and we hope you have a blessed week.